0: I think it's just about um i think my, my i think my biggest one of my biggest traits is resilience and positivity um, and you asked me before as Ezekiel like how do you stay resilient and I think part of it is like confidence in yourself and, and reflection on where you went wrong and how you can improve um, but I think it's just um there's a i'll tell you another cool thing to check out. I can not remember if I already shared it with you but
1: I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get it Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have Alex to speak about his journey in the creative field. I'd like to give a content warning for any Sean language used in this episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. What? So, I'd like to thank you for joining the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Ezekiel. It's good to be here.
1: Uh, no problem, no problem. So the first question I'd like to ask is, what would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it?
0: Can you say that question again?
1: What would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it?
0: Sorry, I can't. Sorry, the connection's bad. Say that again.
1: What would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it?
0: Origin story? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like it. It's like a marble question. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, apologies for the background. We're painting the house at the moment, so it's all kind of patchy. Um, but the origin story—so, do I get to make one up?
1: It could be made up. It could be real. Up you.
0: Well, I want to make it up because it's way more interesting than the real thing. <laughs> My origin story is: I was walking to school one day, and um, there was this truck of like toxic liquid, and then this truck kind of turned this corner too sharply. Covered me in toxic liquid and um, didn't give me any superpowers. It just made me um, slightly poor vision. And that's why I wear glasses today.
1: <laughs>
0: that's my origin story.
1: <laughs> and how was that represented? Like a book, comic, movie?
0: Um, I don't know if anyone would watch that movie. It probably needs to be shorter, like maybe a tweet. <laughs> um, so yeah, something short and sweet.
1: <laughs> and with that, so you're in the creative field. Wait, is it there? So, so you're in the creative field, so how did you, like, how did that start? And what brought you there?
0: Um, it's a good question. I, um, back in high school, um, I used to love doing graphic design. Um, and my mum was super creative. She's an artist, so I was always doing drawings and, and kind of paintings at home, um, and she was super encouraging of that. And so I was doing graphic design at school when I was really enjoying it, and I remember doing one particular assignment, and our teacher came around and looked at all that different progress and, and how we were performing, and she looked at this one design I was doing, and she said, oh, that kind of looks more like advertising, like you have a headline, and a point of view, and you're trying to change someone's attitude, and it has a tone of voice. And I've never even considered advertising before. I hadn't even really thought of that as a career. But as she, soon as she said that, I kind of planted a seed in my head, and I looked into it, and um, yeah, it seemed like a super interesting um, kind of career, kind of um, a really unexpected road to take, um, and you get, to, you get to be creative for a living. Um, and so I looked at it and I found a, a university. That's what we call them in America, uh, an Australia university. Um, I found a university that offered an advertising course. Um, and I tried to get in, but I didn't get in. Um, and so I went traveling instead. And I went traveling for two years through Europe and I moved to London. Um, and I kind of wanted to figure out you know, after, after two years, do I still want to do advertising? Or was it just kind of a phase? Um, but after two years, I still really wanted to do it. So I tried to get into the university again, and I didn't get it again. Um, so I started applying for this portfolio course called Award School. Um, in Australia, Award School's a really popular portfolio course that happens in every city in the country. Um, And basically it lasts for three months and it's super intensive and you work with people who already work in advertising to, to work on how to come up with ideas and you build a book of ideas. Um, so I applied to get into that, but I didn't get into that either. So I've got this kind of history of applying to things and not getting in, but I'm pretty persistent. Um, and I'm pretty good at like looking at how I failed and and trying to get better the next time. Um, so next time I applied, I called a friend who was in advertising and I think I got a little bit closer. And then the third time I was working in a beverage joint in, in Melbourne, Australia. And the the head, like the guy who runs the whole course, award school came in and I said, oh, you run this course? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I would, I've been trying to get in for like two years. And he's like, well, come over to my agency and I'll have a look at your ideas and we'll see if we can We'll see if we can, you know, improve the chances this time. And so I went over to his place, his agency, looked at the ideas and applied for a third time and finally got in. Um, And it was an awesome course. I had amazing tutors um, who were super, super really, just really welcoming and kind and generous with their time um, and helped me be a better creative. And in this award school in advertising, I don't know if you know, Ezekiel, but you pair up with like a, um, as a team, there's like an art director and a copywriter. So an art director, um, in terms of the craft, usually takes care of everything visual, whether it be um, layout of photography, whether it be film, whether it be a layout of design, whether it be logos, everything visually related. And copywriters look at everything in the written word, whether it be headlines, scripts, taglines, things like that. And you come together at the start of a creative process, and you come up with an idea and then you help craft it together. Um, So I paired up with a a friend from this course and we got a job together and that kind of started my own career in advertising.
1: So many lessons in that about perseverance and just not keep retrying, but to also retool and see how you can improve and then just take another path. So with that, how did you Stay motivated after like two times you're like, okay, I got it, rejected. How it. you kept what like, what made you keep trying?
0: Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I think I've always been pretty resilient. I remember um I wasn't a, a very fast runner at school, but we would play tag, and I would just um run after people like uh, for a long, long time. I don't know how long, it probably wasn't that long being a kid, but I would just wear people down. I would just keep going after them and eventually that would stop and I'd be able to tag them. And I, would, I would run away. But, um, I think with this advertising thing, I think I knew in myself that one, I really wanted to do it. And two, I knew I was, I knew I had something to offer. Um, it was just a, just a challenge of <clears throat> presenting it in the right way. Um, and I think that takes time. And I think, um, it just takes reflection as well. There's no point doing something the same again and again if you don't stop and reflect <clears throat> how you can improve. Um so I think it's a mixture of um I think trust in my own kind of talent and then um being able to reflect and, and grow and get better. Have you have you had similar experiences where you've had to persevere?
1: Yeah, right now. Uh, for me right now, just like getting a job and everything, just, just those rejections. And then I say, like, it was like college. That was um, back in college. And then I got like, because most like, so the I like to tell was always how, how many times I changed my ranger And after I got zero in my midterm, I had to be like, okay, what's to do next? It's always just like, okay, this is what's happening right now. Let me just see what is my best plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It's just, I think it's just good to stop and reflect, and yeah, what's it? What's a different pathway? Like you said, there's different pathways to the same goal, um, and everyone's pathway is different. So, yeah.
1: And also, in your story, you're talking about how, like, you just you was able to meet the director of the entire course. Like, was that a chance? And you just like.
0: It's yeah, it's just, I, yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah. but sure, it's. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but they say it's it's who you know, not what you know. But I don't know if that's entirely true. You got to you got to know some stuff. But um, I think it's just the lesson, and in, in, in take your shots when you've got them. And if if someone standing in front of you is a gatekeeper to where you want to get to. Then just start a conversation. Like I'm not the most smoothest talker. Um, I'm not like a, like a, you know, like a mover and shaker or anything. But I think just having a conversation, anyone can start a conversation and start talking. And all I had to say was, um, I really want to get into your course. Can you help me? Um, and also, what do you want on your cheeseburger? Um, well the only kind of three questions and then most people are good enough to offer the time. If you seem like a normal person, um, yeah, they'll be happy to help.
1: Yeah. A lot of times people say you miss hundred percent of actually you don't take. Totally. And you totally. have to and you had to practice when we go from a business school, you always had to practice your elder elevator pitch. Okay. Who you are and what you want to do.
0: Yeah, totally. What's your elevator pitch?
1: Uh, it depends on the situation. Usually I would say, My name is Williams. If I'm talking more like um, graphic design, then I'll say, My Williams. Recently graduated from Google College with a major in digital marketing, minor arts. I currently run my own podcast for the Left podcast. I'm going to speak about anime and different topics. And also do graphic design. When I make logos and flyers and Go.
0: Cool. Nice. It's pretty good. It's pretty tight.
1: And then when I usually talk about like mentoring, then I say the same beginning, then I switched up and talk about how I was mentoring for my sophomore year. And then I did like different jobs and stuff like that.
0: Cool. Nice one.
1: Thanks. And... So... And then the beginning, your mother was really instrumental and, bring, and pushing you towards that, towards advertisement. So with without that, would you have like a uh, idea what you wanted to do or that was just like uh, a hot moment?
0: I think it would have been a, I think it would have been yeah, a super different pathway. Not necessarily a bad pathway, but just different. Um, yeah, mom was, mom was um, growing up super supportive of I've got two sisters and a brother and um yeah, encouraged us older kind of to to do our art and also to read books and, and kind of just kind of digest creative creative things. I remember, you know, those um paid by numbers kids drawings. She um banned them from the house. She said kids shouldn't be forced to paint in boxes by numbers. Like you get to choose you know where the colors go and, and what your picture looks like, um, which I always remember because I think it's such a good lesson for creativity in general. Um, you need to you need to color outside the lines um, to 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 do cool, interesting things.
1: Yeah, I've I think I have that problem sometimes where I get too in my head. I get too boxed in into what to do, like. When I'm trying to figure out how to create something, I get too boxed into like well, I already know how to do, it, and I forget to be creative and think about like how can I represent the same information in a different way.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a challenge every creative has, um, but um, it's just practice. I mean you can, I mean the thing that helps me through the process, and I think this could help you as well. Like if you have a task like a friend wants a poster designed or, or an album cover or something like, just do it the obvious way first. Get it out of your head, out of your system. And then you can move on. Um, and you have like a bar that you've set. It's like, okay, that's, that's, the, first, um, that's the first thing I thought of. Um, what's next? Because often your first thought isn't the best one. Um, but if you get it out of your head and onto paper, um it helps to push past it into more interesting territories that people
1: haven't thought of. Yeah. And then do you ever feel like you copy yourself sometimes? That like you just like I had you on the when you're creating something and be like, I've been do this path before. Can
0: you say that again?
1: Do you ever feel like you're copying yourself when you're creating something? Or like the same element, M-M-F, Are
0: you saying, so it's breaking up a little bit, are you saying, does it ever feel like I'm making the same work that I've already made? Yeah. Um, That's a really good question. That's a great question. Um, Yeah, I think... I think everyone has a, a comfort zone and a tone of voice that they're naturally drawn to. Um, so yeah, and that's it, a really good question. Um, yeah, and I think, I think it does happen. I think, I think you do, I think it is, it is definitely, um, a thing where you create a body of work that has a similar thread to it um, whether it's um, you know an emotional insight or a certain look to it or a certain tone of voice to it I think that's super common um, but I think it's, it's really important it's fine if that happens but I think it's important to be aware, of, aware that it's happening so you can either choose to continue down that path or take a left turn or a right turn. Because you don't want a whole book of the exact same stuff and you want to you push yourself and, and um, you know, yeah, explore different solutions to different problems. Um, um, so I think the key is being aware of your comfort zone and knowing when to push out of it um, and by how far. Um, and the cool thing about advertising is, you're kind of forced to. You're working for so many different brands and clients um, who have different customers and, and different ways of speaking to them. Um, so they often set you on a, a pretty different path from the beginning. Um, like you wouldn't talk to uh, a 16 year old high school kid who wants to buy a Nike shoe. Um, in the same way you would talk to, you know, a 45 year old mum. Who's looking for a new phone? Um, they're just two very different ways of talking to customers, and um, yeah, that's that's the exciting part. You get to mix
1: up your communication stuff. Yeah, because you have to present. Everybody receives information definitely. So you have to present it in the way they speak. Oh, I think I lost you. Sometimes I felt like I'm using the same. Say language. that again, sermon. I was just saying that everybody receives information differently, so it is given to them the way that they speak. And then I was going on to like how sometimes I feel like I'm taking the same elements. Like, because it's just like this worked before, and it was like I don't know, I can't think of anything, so it's just like, we'll see what worked before.
0: Sorry, I'm only getting a second
1: word. I was saying, like, I usually just go into, like, what's like you said, the comfort zone, like what worked before, and then try and then take that element again. That's what happens to me sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. I think is what you're saying, like you take an element of your comfort zone and then push past that.
1: I was just saying, like, it was just, it was just um, like, continue from the earlier point of copying yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, with like, since everybody receives information differently, when you get a new project, how do you decide how to um, present the ideas? Like, is it, like, how do you know that you're accurately targeting the the right market? Um, Well,
0: we have a lot of people at work who help us. Um, We've got a really talented strategic team who look at um, the types of people we should be speaking to um, and and how they live their lives and what their interests and hobbies are. Um, Because the more you know about the people you're speaking to, the better you can speak to them um you can relate to them. You know, um, you know what struggles they have, you know what they get excited by, um, you know what they're passionate about. Um, so that really helps. And then we have an account team at work who who work with the client really closely and, and help figure out um, what the client wants to say and how they want to position their their product. Um, so there's a few things that kind of happen down the pipeline. It's like, okay, who are we talking to? Um, how do we want to talk to them? Um, and then, and then, and then when it gets to us, it's like, um, what is, what does that, what does that look like when it comes to like, um, the how? How do we, if, how do we talk to them? How does that literally look? How does that literally sound?
1: Cool. And was it like a, when you came from Australia, was it like a big difference in like the advertising? You had to like adjust to it when you came to the States? Um,
0: yeah, it was. I mean, everything is bigger um, in America, not just Texas. So like we were, we were pretty blown away by the size of the agency. Um, we'd come from an agency of about a hundred people. Um, and this was like 700 so that was interesting. Um, and starting at the bottom again, like no one knows who you are. No one knows if you're good at your job. So um, I think it was just for us figuring out how we, how we um, stand out in an agency that big. Um, um, so that was, that was the biggest challenge. But it was interesting, like the creative process isn't too dissimilar um, from our experience. Like you still have a brief and a problem. Um, you have, and then you have smart people, um, who help figure it out. Um, um, and figure out the best way to, to make ads. Like it's, if you break it down into that kind of simple, um, start and end, there's a problem and there's a solution. Um, everything else isn't as important. The size of the agency, people's accents, people's, um, the culture of meetings and, and corporate culture, it's all kind of um, periphery. The most important thing is what's the problem and how are we going to
1: solve it? Um, it's like yeah. the, structure, the structure is still there, the skeleton of marketing.
0: Yeah, totally. And it hasn't, it hasn't changed too much, which is interesting, over, over the different generations. Um, The output changes like, you know, in the, in the fifties and sixties, it was, you know, either, you know, a newspaper ad, an outdoor billboard or a TV ad. They were, or a radio ad. They were the kind of four, four options you had. And now it's like limitless. Like there's new, there's new ways every day, as you know, like, you know, whether it's, you know something online or um a different way of doing a tv ad or like a video game where you create a product or um like it's it's cool it's it's a good time to to be in the industry for sure
1: and like with all these changes feel so like you how does you feel to constantly had to keep up like how did you keep up with all the changes
0: um i think it's I think it's just you have to be passionate about culture and, and what's happening um, and have a super diverse range of interests. There's no point staying in your kind of bubble, watching just your Netflix shows, um, talking to your friends, reading your news, because you're going to end up um, kind of with a really limited perspective of the world. Um, so I think it's, I think the biggest challenge for creatives is to push themselves out of their comfort zone um, and try to try to absorb what other people are absorbing. You know, go to blogs you wouldn't normally go to. Go to, walk into stores um, that you don't normally go to. Like if, you're, if your boyfriend or girlfriend's going shopping um, for clothes that you wouldn't wear, go with them. See what that experience is like. You know, go to a monster truck rally. You don't have to be into monster trucks. Just see what it's like and you might see something cool that inspires an ad like two years later. Um, If you don't like sport, make sure you watch sport. It's such an important part of culture. Watch some basketball games, watch some football games. Um, You know, watch a fashion show. Um, Watch a dog show. Just try to absorb as much as you can because you don't know where it will come in handy Um, down, down the path
1: yeah I think people need more to do more of that just trying new things and just seeing what have that idea of why not Hello. and more on that before the changes and like a lot of the ideas have always been done how do you how do you keep making, creating new ideas? It feels like everything's been done.
0: Um that's a that's a cool question. I think um there was I think there's a documentary called Um Everything Is a Remix. Um yeah, you should look that up. It's it's a cool doc and it's just um it's just it gives you peace of mind that there's always a different way of doing something. Um and it's it's basically arguing that every idea is, is a remix of a different idea that's already come before So, even back to like caveman days, like someone started fire with some rocks and some sticks. Um, and then some other guy saw that um, and decided to put fire on a stick so they could carry it. Someone saw that. And I, I'm making, I don't, I'm not very good at history, but. Someone saw that and decided to create, you know, a lantern. And then someone saw that and decided to make electricity. And it's just, I think it's just evolving. Um, It's probably a a more comforting way to think about coming up with a brand new idea. It's like, how do we evolve something um, in the most dramatic way possible? Where the original source is unrecognizable. I think that's that's the key. That's what that's what makes an idea feel fresh, is when you can't recognize where the inspiration came from, even though there was a hundred percent something that inspired that artist or creator. Um, I mean, it can't not if that person is living and breathing every day, being inspired by different things around them. Um, that's when an idea feels fresh. If they if they've evolved it far enough for the thing that inspired them to be unrecognizable. And sometimes music comes along like that. It's like, holy shit. You know, that that doesn't sound like anything that's come before it. Obviously that musician has their inspirations, but they have pushed it so far that it's impossible to to know who they're inspired by.
1: Yeah. It's like you hear the you hear the song and then you hear the sample it came from, it's just like then you make, then you're able to make a connection. But if you heard them separately, you probably wouldn't have made that connection.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: 100%. And I also watch our podcast and talk about how there's only like seven stories of like the journey story, revenge, and stuff like that. And how like Ham, and it's similar how Hamlet and, um, what you call it? Lion King, pretty much the same story. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's seven stories. Like it doesn't seem like a lot. I've seen a lot of movies, and it's crazy to think that they all follow seven structures.
1: Yeah, I forgot. I, I can't think of all the ones on of my head, but yeah. And then even shown like anime, shown anime is pretty much similar to that. It was just like they had their structure, and granted, you can you can see the patterns happening over and over again. Okay, cool. This is what, this is their type of story. Totally. Totally. And I think Marvel movies having the same problem too where people was like, okay, you can hear the, you can see the beat coming in.
0: Yeah, Marvel have a problem for sure. It's the same. It's so much of the same. The origin story especially. They get their powers. They find a bad guy. Um, they don't want to fight the bad guy then they get inspired to fight the bad guy and they win but I mean they're starting to do more interesting things like Logan was super cool Deadpool was super cool um I think the Thor movies are awesome I love that director he's a New Zealand New Zealander I don't know if you know
1: him I can't forget the name I head. I know who you're talking about yeah um
0: yeah, so yeah, it will be interesting to see where that goes. That whole franchise.
1: Because Iron Man, the first one, and then Ant-Man, the first one, was pretty much the same story. Of um, superpower guy. Was it? Like superpower guy in a red suit fighting a bald guy who was pretty much the antithesis. It was pretty much the same as him, just a different suit. Over the yeah. over the control of a company. Yeah.
0: It's mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Yeah, they need to um I don't know. I get sick of them. I've st- kind of stopped watching the Marvel movies. Um there's more interesting stuff out there. I don't know if you're watching The Boys on um Amazon. Not yet. You heard of
1: it though? Yeah, I heard of it, yeah.
0: It's it's pretty cool. Like it doesn't follow the formula, that's for sure. It's kind of the opposite of what you think a superhero is.
1: It was like what might what happen if they were real
0: yeah, what happens they real and acted like really douchey celebrities? Like, um, so they're super corrupt and um kind of cruel to each other, and um yeah it's it's cool, it's interesting it
1: will designing so going back all the way back to the beginning what first got you into graphic design first first what was that What first got you into graphic design like you just started making a design
0: uh, yeah it just seemed like an obvious choice i think i liked um i like drawing i liked um um i liked art um and something about graphic design, I think it was just a cool combination of, of technology and design. like I, um, I like tech, I like computers, and graphics felt like a cool merging of the two. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a copywriter now. I didn't actually go down the design path. Um, at a certain point, I realized um, I was a stronger writer than a designer. Um, and that was super early on. I think I was like twenty-one or something. <clears throat> um, and so from then on, I've been a writer. Um, so yeah, interesting path.
1: Still creative, which just a different expression.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's still it's still coming up with ideas. Um, it's just a different way you execute them.
1: And it's good that you have like you have like both sides, so you can, when you creating when you creating, you can see how it will look towards like the um art director, and you say okay, this is like the
0: best.
1: It's like it's good to have like both you have like both the like, creative and like the copywriting, so then you can, when you creating, and like, creating the ideas, you can see how it will look.
0: Yeah, art director and copywriter, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool combination. Um, I didn't used to be like that. I think, you know, back in the 60s, they used to work very separately. And then um, there was one particular agency called DDB that brought them together. And it's stayed that way ever since.
1: Nice. And you found your partner at the university, right?
0: Um, it was okay. in this portfolio. The yeah, the um, my first partner was in that portfolio course. Um, and then, um, we worked together for a few years and we made some great work. Um, and then I, I moved to a different agency and I worked with a different partner. Um, and then I moved to a different agency and I worked with my current partner. Now we've been together, I think five, five or six years. Um, so yeah, that's, that's common too. You can, you can change partners. You can stay with your partner. Um, I mean, it's a tricky thing to find the right creative person that um, you can work with. You know, ten hours a day, every day. With it's like a relationship. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's important. It's important to find a to find a good one.
1: And I think it's just I'm guessing more like personality and then just workflows. If those match, those two many things match.
0: Yeah, totally. I think. the the most important thing when you're starting out is finding someone with the same ambition. Um, who wants to be as good as you do um, and achieve, you know, achieve things that, um, that feel big and and kind of a little bit scary because even if you're not both talented and you're probably both not when you start out, no one knows much when they start any job, as long as you have the same ambition or same end goal then you can grow and get better together Um, so I think that's the most important thing find someone with the same ambition
1: ambition and yeah nice nice tips and advice what's that nice tips and advice
0: tips and advice oh um Good question. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I think. I think it's just about. Um, I think because my, my. I think my biggest. One of my biggest traits is resilience and positivity. When um, you asked me before, Ezek, you were like, "How do you stay resilient?" And I think part of it is like confidence in yourself and, and reflection on where you went wrong and how you can improve. Um, but I think it's just, um, there's a, I'll tell you another cool thing to check out. I can't remember if I already shared it with you, but, uh, do you know the podcast this American life? No, it's a, it's an awesome podcast. Definitely worth checking out. They just do great stories about everything in America. And like I was saying before, um, you know, widen your perspective of the world. That's a great, place to start because they, they look at so many different facets of, of the world and so many interesting stories of people but the guy who runs that podcast, This American Life there's a guy called Ira Glass um, and he's got a great YouTube clip that goes for about five minutes it's not very long so it's definitely worth listening to for anyone who's creative and has felt you know, has doubted their work or doubted their talent or you know just i think like every creative um you know questions whether this is the right path for them um or looks at other people's work and say you know why why can't i do that why aren't i as good um so this podcast talks about something called um taste and and the taste gap between where you currently are and what you think is is good so for example music you Ezekiel, like if you look um, I don't know what um, design is and, and what kind of design inspires you, but for example, if you were to look like at an awesome Nike ad for their brand new shoe, and you're like, "Damn, that's cool," um, and you might be able to make that design now, or you might not. Um, and if you're in the latter camp, if you can't make it, as long as you have the taste to recognize that's good design um, and you have the ambition to figure out how to make that design, then you become a better designer. So it's just about, it's just a really reassuring video that says um, if you have good taste, hang on to that taste and just find a way to get your skill up to that point. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. It's like work towards your, um, iteration.
0: yeah 100% um, so I mean the first step is having those those goals that you're working towards and the next step is finding how to get there
1: and that could be any path
0: yeah it could be any path it could be courses it can be teaching yourself it can be speaking to other designers um, yeah Yeah. And-
1: we almost time. Uh, so, one of, the, one of the one more question before the last question. Have you ever like seen a design and you just like, because we just said you just like, you've been inspired by it. You just like, it's one of the times like, what well, you wish you to, what have done of that?
0: Oh yeah, all the time, <clears throat> all the time.
1: Um, um, trying
0: to think of one. There was it didn't make the um, it didn't make the final Tokyo Olympics logo, but there was a logo that was floating around, and it's still floating around. If you look up Tokyo Olympics logo, you'll see it. <laughs> but it was such a perfect logo um, for Japan and for twenty twenty. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, it's sick. They should have used that one. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it would have been a waste now because it's going to be twenty twenty one. Um, but I love that. Just like such a simple soul. And I think the good idea seems so obvious and you kind of kick yourself and go, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like that one.
1: Nice. It was just so, it was. Just, it just made sense.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So time running out. The last question I would like to ask is, what would you name your origin story?
0: Name my origin story? Yeah. Um, ooh, maybe like... Uh, um, so my origin story, just recapping, it's toxic waste falls on me and I lose my vision. <laughs> so I think I would call it... Um, oh, cool. The top one. Um,
1: four eyes. Mm-hmm. Four eyes. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you for being a guest.
0: Cool. Loved it. This was really fun. Thanks, Ezekiel. Really good questions.
1: Uh, thank you. Off the top of the head. In the morning. Yeah,
0: I loved how you. Um, Reacting in the moment to what I was saying. That's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, try to get better at that. That brings another episode of the Last Guy Podcast to a close. I thank Alex for being a guest on the podcast. For next week I'm my friend Nate to speak about college, music, and podcasting. I hope you continue the next day and I hope to see you there.